Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, where we read hood classics and good classics. I'm Derek. Um, we've been reading The Coldest Winter Ever uh, for the past two weeks. Yeah, it's got to be two weeks. It feels, it feels longer than that. It feels longer than that. Like, literally, dealing with reading about winter is like having your own teenager who is just so headstrong and so uh, confident in themselves, almost to the point of arrogance, uh, but that they have their own, you know, problems or, or issues or whatever it may be um, in their lives as well. The only difference is that is that with Winter, you can't counsel her or, or walk her through any of it uh, because, you know, it's, it's fictional. So you just got to kind of let her go through these potholes and these uh, troubles on her own and hope that she figures it out. And thus far, she has not come close to figuring it out as of yet. Um, we are on chapter what? Chapter 14 going forward. Um, and so what I decided to do was we were getting feedback uh, from a lot of our listeners. And um, rather than spending an entire, not an entire episode, but it seemed like I was spending like 20 minutes, you know, in an episode, just responding to the feedback and talking about it because everybody's thoughts on this show are valid everybody's opinion on these books are valid. I'm not going to point you in a direction and tell you that this is the way that you should look at a book. Everybody looks at a book differently. I just want you to look at a book, you know, and, and, and the way you absorb information, the way you take things in might be different from the way that I take things in, but that doesn't mean that you're wrong or, or, or anything like that. As a matter of fact, I may change my opinion of something, um, based on what you think of it you know if your thoughts my 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 opinions are not fact you know my thoughts are not the end all and be all and they can always be superseded uh by somebody who comes with some information or a thought that i i that just didn't come to my mind and i'm fine with that i'm looking forward to that happening more and more often um, but what I decided to do is spend some time uh, where we will uh, read the uh, 
messages that we get, the emails that we get, um, the DMs that we get. And then when we get voicemails, uh, we will uh, listen to the voicemails and we'll discuss them on the show. Um, still going to try and keep it at the same time frame that the other shows have been. But, you know, this way, y'all, I, I, I would really love it if y'all um, came into the actual live uh, discussions, the uh, the live shows, so then you could discuss with me on the show and have a voice. Um, because even though this is me reading in the book club, uh, it's not just me reading the book. You know what I'm saying? Um, so one of the uh, things that has really struck people about this book has been the way that, uh, well, let me be honest. One of the things that's really struck me about this book is the way that uh, Sister Soldier, the author of the book, portrays Winter um, and portrays Winter's family and, and, and basically portrays anybody other than herself to be honest because she doesn't even show her sister lauren that much love she makes her sister lauren like the same mindset as winter just more kept i guess i don't know if that's the right phrase for it but she's uh more under control than winter may be uh even though she's still uh boy you know interested in boys and and uh has a book full of telephone numbers for all these different uh men that she's she's messing with um but yeah i mean honestly though she's not doing her sister any favors and i gotta i gotta believe that she doesn't that this isn't really her sister like in real life she doesn't have a sister with this name because if she did, I would, and, and I was her sister, I would read this and be very put out. You know, I, I'd, I'd be pretty um, taken aback that why, why is my name in your book so much? And why do you think so little of me, like so lowly of me to be putting me in a situation where I am at the same level as this person that you spent this entire book just making fun of? Um, but one of the uh, folks who listens to the show uh, has a podcast uh, called Let Me Tell You Something, Bitch. Let me tell you something, bitch. Um, and they uh, wrote in and said this. When it comes to winter, I'm reminded of this interview that Melissa Ford did with The Breakfast Club, wherein she said that she was in this horrific car accident where her car flips over, her brain was exposed, she almost died, and a man that she was madly in love with didn't even come to see her in the hospital. Now, this brings up a lot of issues as to her criteria of being madly in love, because how could you be madly in love with somebody who wouldn't come see you when you almost died, that ghosted you when you almost died? And, and that is facts. That's facts and a half right there but you know the crazy thing is in this same interview she talks about how when i was a video girl and was on the scene the main chip the main chick would lose her job because i also fly and i've never thought melissa was cute like yeah she got some nice fake titties but she is a butterface then my eyes are too close together that nose is no anyways for me i think she's very much a winter kind of girl that spends her life comparing herself to other women and really not having the self-love 
to not go for the type of man who will leave you on red after your brain was exposed in a car accident. She had to relearn walking and talking, and there are folks whose mail carriers would come see them in the hospital after that. But that's shit that happens when you and the people with whom you surround yourself with lack substance, or you fucking with a married nigga. And that, I mean, with Winter, I think Winter is finding that the company that she keeps is not maybe vapid, but it's temporary. Like the company she keeps is the company she was required to keep. Or it was a company you, I've been told that you have friends that you get, that you may make, the relationships you may make with your friends may be out of need, out of shared trauma, or out of actual enjoyment. And the relationships that Winter has, seem to be of a a need like each of her friends have a different a different thing that they're able to do nala here just take your bone um have a different thing (laughs) that they're able to do it's almost like you know one of her friends is able to steal stuff simone natalie's the one who has all the gossip on the street tasha is the one or taja is the one who is down to uh, ride on people no matter what the no matter what the situation is? Her other girls bring weed or drink or whatever it may be. Um, one girl taught them how to suck a dick, you know, and 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 taught them how to how to fuck, you know, and enjoy being the teacher of that. So there's people who are having who Winter has associated herself with who are all able to do things for her. And I mean, I'm not mad at that. When I was a kid, and when I say kid, I mean 17. I had people who I would have put in my phone as certain things. I have friends who I was only friends with to play basketball with. I have friends who I was only friends with who I wasn't only friends with them, but the benefit of them was they worked at McDonald's or they worked at Taco Bell and they would be willing to hook things up. Like they would give you that full bag of food. And we all know that there was somebody who was willing to break it down and give you that full bag of food when you needed it. But you need to know where they were located at. So in my phone, I would have people in my phone like Joshua dash Taco Bell, Robbie dash basketball, because why? Why not? I mean, I'm 17. Y'all only exist in my world. When you leave my world, you no longer are there for me to see. You're no longer like... It's myopic. Kids are myopic. And so Winter's friends fed her needs. And because she was the most popular one, she was the one who had um, the money and the status. And and her father was big in the projects and ran the hood or whatever it was. They all looked up to her in a way as the leader of the as the leader of this of this friendship group. But when you're no longer pulling the same things that made people want to associate with you, the things about Winter is while she has reasons for liking her friends, her friends have reasons for liking her. That's wild when I think about it like that. Her friends may not have seen her as anything more than Winter breaks off bucks when we go out because Winter likes to floss. And so if I'm with her, she's going to floss and I'm going to get some of the trickle down. Winter knows where all the good parties are at. Winter attracts fine people. I don't know what their mindsets may have been, but what I do know is that once Winter's dad fell off, once Winter's situation fell off, 
her friends were like, you're not who I need you to be. And while they were still close, it was like, you're not like holding all the cards here anymore. I still have power. And it didn't help that Winter didn't know how to be a good friend to her friends because they had always let her be this asshole to them. Always. Like they never deviated. She never was, I doubt Winter was ever any different than what she is, which is a spoiled 17-year-old kid. Her friends never checked her about it. They always fought for her, not against her. So at the point where they um have a falling out because she's falling out with each of her friends rapidly, you know, she finds that, oh, my friends were fake. Well, you were fake to your friends. And that's kind of the way that um Soldier wrote her up to be. Soldier wrote them all up to be very vapid and just very engaged in what they wanted out of life. The same way Simone was the one who was saying that she couldn't be out too late because of her baby, but then she go back to her house and she drink knowing she was pregnant. They wanted what they wanted. These are kids. I can't excuse everything as they were kids, but they were kids. Jalene from uh, the, it goes down in the PMs, are in the PM is here. Uh, how are you doing today? Hey, what's going on? I could not miss this because as you know, as I go through, I always have something to say um, about this book. I, I think I think this this book pissed me off like a lot. <laughs> I, because look, um, you and I spoke on, in the DMs, right? I grew mm-hmm. I grew up in the hood, and the way winter moves is not like someone who grew up in the hood. Even even if you were spoiled, had money, your dad had money, or was especially if your dad was into some some illegal stuff, mm-hmm. you know you know to walk with your head down keep an eye on who's moving where, you know, I had to take the train when, well, I got a scholarship to a school where I had to hop on the train and go to a whole different like city Mm -hmm. and, you know, walk into the school. And, you know, there, it was like a, it was like day and night. So, you know, you kind of learn how to move in different situations. This girl has no idea how to move anywhere she doesn't know where even when she's in what was it barney's or macy's or whatever she runs she goes up there and you know she lets it you know she's letting this dude feel up on her because she's scared to go to jail you know a woman who belongs there you go anywhere you you move like you belong there mm-hmm. so oh i wasn't stealing anything you saw everything in my bag i want a female standby i have rights get the hell up out my face and get your hands off me. See, do like predators can sense the type of people that that can be preyed upon, mm-hmm. which is why he spotted Winter going up and down and all around. Who moves that way? And then her friends came to jump her with, and you know, she's like, oh, I'm not winning against all these people. You are in front of a state-funded house. So, honestly, she should have went up there, handled her bit, picked the biggest one, and handled her business. Mm -hmm. Because eventually that security guard, that person would come out because if they do not, they will lose their funding. 
period. She doesn't know how to move. And then I cannot stand the the sentiment like Sister Soldier. Oh, sorry, Saint Soldier is over here. <laughs> we 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 got it. We got it. You are honestly. I'm not going to say it's as bad, but Sister Soldier presents herself as like the hood savior. That's yep. almost bad as the white savior trope. It's annoying. No, you're not. She's not over there to to save those girls. She's there to sit up on her high horse and judge them like she did with the stripper. I don't understand. If you're just going to sit there and knock these girls down in their lifestyle, what are you even there for? Exactly. Honestly, if someone like Sister Soldier came to speak in my hood, she'd get robbed and beaten. Period. Be like, who are you talking? Get the fuck out of here. You don't know <laughs> shit about me. Like, you know, the fact that she just presents herself as like this Jesus character really bugs me. And then the only Black women in her story are these vapid, shallow, horrible human beings. Mm-hmm. And then, like, for example, when they went to the jail and Dolce was there, you peeped how Winter acted ghetto. The mom acted mad ghetto. What did Dolce do? You guys can go ahead. You guys can go ahead. You know and then what? when Winter kept... Winter I'm not kept saying I didn't repeat that. Yeah, you peeped that. She said, here, hold my baby. If you got a problem, we could do this right here. But, you know, she let her mother go first. She kept herself reserved. The old white lady who came into the group, home, came to the aunt's house, Don robbed her. And then, hi, how you doing, Winter? Okay, we've been looking all over for you. Like, it's as if she presents other races as knowing how to act. And then you got Winter. Winter's mother, who she couldn't even be bothered to give a name, the only Black character in this entire book that acts like they're worth the damn is Sister Soldier. Mm -hmm. And the only, um, I mean, there's only, we don't know the race of her friends, but I'm assuming, you know, I'm guessing that because, um, because of the name she gives some of them, like, Winter yeah. Santiago, I am convinced her aunt lived in the same projects that her mom lived in. Like they never left that hood. And so the rest of the yeah. people on that block are probably, you know, within that same uh they're probably black or 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 Spanish or whatever or whomever they may be. I just I feel like she doesn't want to take time out to acknowledge their lives past the parables and lessons that she's trying to create for these people. Like each of these people is just a life lesson that she hasn't finished writing about yet. Um, With the exception of Midnight, who I think is honestly, at this point in time, I'm thinking Midnight is who I can only think of as Sister Soldier's dream man because she he says horrible things to winter he doesn't have respect for women uh he's you know it's it's the 90s like like yeah hey shouty hey you want me to treat you like i treat the rest of these bitches and all that kind of stuff but she never gets on him for dealing drugs she never gets on him for working with drug dealers everything he does is just like sainthood and it's like why are you giving him so much respect and love but you can't even give this woman a name and and like 
the thing with midnight too is it's again the savior complex Mm -hmm. why do we why does winter feel like why did she write winter like she needs a savior if she's strong or she was raised or bk born and bred get out first of all ain't no way ain't no way anybody moved through bk acting like that because winter has been got her ass whipped like a million times over there's there there's no way like, I cannot believe Winter for a hood And how come Sister Soldier did not include the, you know, I kept, I kept saying this because, like, in truth, like, full disclosure, I was one of those girls. I wasn't allowed off my porch. I, I got my ass whipped if my grades fell down. Mm-hmm. I had to go to church every Sunday. And, you know, like, why are there, why are there no characters like that? Like, if if she grew up in that type of environment, then she knew or went to school with at least one or two girls that were like that. That had to be in before the streetlights came on, was in church on Wednesday for Bible study and Sunday for church. You know, so the one that the grandma, the grandma does their hair and beats them into a dress. Like, why does she not have any of those characters? She just has a, and then the homophobia is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Like it's just overboard. She's she's a lot. And um, I think that um, the one character that she introduces to be that type of a character was Rashida. Uh, she introduced her when they get into the house success. But I think that Rashida, the the problem I have with Rashida is that the one person that she makes who might feel that 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 ideal of being the good student or whatever like we know Rashida probably faced some trauma to be in the house of success to be there she she's gone through something but they make Rashida this person who in winter's world seems to be the only person who has their head on their shoulders she's a a a, a disciple a sister soldier so she's nothing more <laughs> than a younger uh, advocate of what soldiers doing or what soldiers talking about. There's no good people in this book. There's nobody in this book who doesn't mess with soldier who's a good person overall, who's, you know, got their head on their shoulders, who's going down the right path at all. And I was, I was just talking about it, about how sis, even sister soldier's sister in the book, Lauren, um, I don't know if Lauren's a real person, but the fact they made Lauren into like, winter light just not able to um like she has her book of men and and she uh doesn't clean up and and she goes out all night and stuff like that and it's like do you even like your own sister did you make this person up to have another life lesson or something because i don't know if she even likes women i don't know if she likes black women at all the way that she talks about these folks in these books or she doesn't like women who think that they're pretty or cute or something like that i don't know but it's just honestly it's like color it's it's clear colorism i mean it if it were any plainer it would be like it it it, it'd be like pinocchio's nose she has a clear disdain for you know pretty girls Mm -hmm. you know like light-skinned girls she obviously doesn't think much of them because look at what she did to that dude winter had sex with (laughs) (laughs) Uh, boom 
boom the little dick uh, call himself boom oh my god yeah and and like i said that's just a way of her showing that a lot of the people that winter's messing with can please her aesthetically but they can't please her her mind or her body because what she's saying what i took from that is that she's stating that winter is attracted to things that you really shouldn't be attracted in and trying to find a mate which is looks and cars meanwhile um the guy who's coming to see soldier uh and cooked for her on her birthday and everything winter tries to attract him and he's got the nice car and everything but winter can't even really pull his eye away from sister soldier because sister soldier has that inner glow and her inner glow matches his inner glow or something like that like i i'm i'm hoping that in later chapters we find out what's going on with their relationship because She's trying to say, what I took from that is her trying to say, there are men who want you for more than your body. I found one. You should be able to find one too, Winter. And I'm just like, Ugh, the way you push that on the people was heavy handed though. It's serious. And it's like, okay, we get it. We get it. it it's, it's, um, I, I, I'm pretty, I said something like, it's like there's this dead horse and she's trying to beat it with the preaching stick. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at, at one point, you know, it, it's like, okay, we get it. You don't like winter either. But how are you going to make winter into a better person? Like, this is still your job as the writer. Like, you have to, you have to make her better something has to happen where she gets better and nope she is literally just naive that's the best way i can put it winter is so unprepared for anything and the way that uh soldier tries to cover up her being unprepared for stuff is that every time her dad tried to talk to her about something real her dad also made the mistake of giving her money or the fact that winter's a daydreamer when Winter lived at home with her dad, she would daydream a lot, like about her and 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 midnight and her and cars and her and I see myself pushing this whip and I'm down the street and oh my dad was talking. Oh my dad's talked the whole time. And I mean, I understand that again from a 17-year-old, because I was just talking to my wife about it a few days ago, how our kids often are in a point where they have to say oh yeah and act like they were listening to what we were saying when we're talking with them about something oh oh yeah 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 right 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 you uh-huh. know? when yep. honestly they're yep. in their own head they're thinking about something else but with winter you, it turned out like, to be do you hear me can you yeah. hear me <laughs> what did i just say but because with winter her dad was so he wasn't focused on them he was really honestly probably focused on dolce and uh, focus on making his money. So when she wasn't paying attention, he wasn't paying attention to her either. But the fact yeah, that- well, and then and then also remember, Dolce had the son. Dolce mm-hmm. had the junior. Exactly. The legacy, the bracelet. She made it a point to point out the bracelet that said Ricky Santiago Jr. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like that. I don't. I don't know what what race um ricky santiago is because they they really don't like clarify it too much Mm -hmm. but in almost 
I feel like in almost every culture, like they hold up the sons. The sons are the legacy. They they carry the name, the the status. They firstborn son inherits the inherits the estate. Mm-hmm. And I just um, I do a, another show with one of my friends, and so we were watching Coming to America, and we discussed that how the uh, daughter in Coming to America has all of the things, all of the stuff prepared to take over um, in in Zamunda to become the queen. Uh, But because she's a woman, her dad has to go find this other person to take the place because there's never been a woman who's been able to become uh, the queen of a nation without becoming married first. I think that's the same thing with uh, Winter. Like her dad was probably trying to show her game so then she could take over this business where honestly people don't grow old as drug dealers like they either become the the supplier and never get seen again or they just they go to jail and die and and there was a point where in the book where um winter was like i'm cool with having a 20-year career on top a 20-year career of dealing drugs and yeah that would be great if it was if you're talking about like michael jordan or or rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, you know, getting 20 years in the NBA and then retiring on top and then getting to retire as a regular person. But she's talking about, I want to deal drugs for 20 years and then I'll go to jail or die. And I'm okay with that because in 20 years, I'll have the cars and the money and and all that kind of stuff, but you can't do anything with it. You, She's not thinking past, she's not thinking There's past 38. There's a reason why you don't see drug dealers in the old people home. You don't see them there because they they either retire, mm-hmm. like you said, they retire and disappear. If they're smart, they make their little money, they get out and they do something honest with it, mm-hmm. or they die because they they get shot. Whatever drug dealers die young, they die young. Or they just they get picked up and nobody is messing with them. Mm-hmm. Even if they even if they get out, people are looking at you like, "How are you out of jail right now? You snitched, didn't you?" Like, no. If they even if they go to jail, get back and try and get set up again, nobody is messing with them because once you've been back, that's it. It's mm-hmm. over for you because everybody's gonna think you're snitching. Even if you're not. <laughs> Once there's a suspicion of paperwork, it's it's a wrap for you. Like, even if you come mm-hmm. back on the block, you're labeled. So, Winter, this was the worst possible thing that could happen to Winter, is her parents, something happened to her dad. She Even if her dad had never gotten arrested, had never gotten knocked, Winter would never be his next up. He probably would have taken Midnight. And had Midnight be the his successor to his drug capital. Um, it but, seemed like he was grooming Midnight to be that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you see, he treated Midnight like a son. Midnight knows where all the stuff is. Midnight knows everybody, how the operation works. Midnight worked his way up. It's It really seemed like he was grooming Midnight for that position. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Midnight even knew about the other family, as far as yep. we know, 
because we're thinking that they probably have meetings over there the same way that they have meetings at 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 her at their house. The the other thing that got me about winter and yes, my eldest daughter, when we went on a trip uh, to a place that wasn't urban, uh, we went up to Washington State to visit my grandparents. Um, she lost her mind. She was like, I want to go back to where it's loud and it's hood and there's crickets out here and I don't like it. And so I could see winter, you know, on the one hand, I could see winter being upset about being uprooted from the hood and moving out to Long Island. But on the other hand, with winter being the person that she's been portrayed to be, you know, at such a young age as being money, uh, oriented and 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 just focused on cash and and luxury when she saw that house i would have thought that she would have been like okay i can i can deal with this but her friends were back in you know brooklyn so she was like i need to get back to the hood she didn't recognize the danger like what was associated with her dad leaving there and going to brook or going to long island was quite honestly possibly the fact that somebody was checking for him because for a drug dealer to make such a big move is going to be noticed. You know, to move from the hood out to Long Island without any legitimate money is going to raise some flags. So I figured that the um, the DEA was probably following him for a while. And he was just like, you know what, I, I need to make this move so that my family can be safe. But at the same time, he didn't move Dolce. I I, I'm, I'm thinking that he knew that he was going to get popped, maybe. And so he gave all that he put, the majority of his money, he shifted it over to Dolce. Uh, Dolce's house was just like, yo, keep this safe. Um, you're my family. You know, you and Ricky are going to be okay if something happens to me. And then he got knocked. What do you think? I, well, one, I think... Yes, I think I think he moved because um, I don't think it was so much the police because the only reason you move your family out the hood is because when you don't shit where you eat. Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is people wanted a piece of his little empire, and you know they started they couldn't they couldn't catch him because of the bodyguards because he. You know he he shoots people. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't care. He shoots people. So I guess they figured, oh, we're okay. We can't get you, but look, I see your daughter running around here with these, you know, little girls out here. I see your wife out here with your your other daughters. Watch what happens, because you know you you know how it is. Like oh okay, if you're not going to come out here and see me, I'm going to find out where your mom gets her hair and nails done. Yeah. Like, so I think it's more or less competition coming for him. So he moved his family out the hood and commuted into work. But the problem is you can't hold on to something that if you no longer live there, it's a lot harder to hold on to your little block if you're not on the block making sure people don't push in or or grab you know hold mm-hmm. on to things because how are you gonna stop them you all the way in long island yeah you have people there but like for the right for the right price people can be bought exactly 
same um, way you have them same way he had them loyal to him because of the money you see how when he got back suddenly everybody wanted a piece of him but when he couldn't do shit for him nobody's no one no one everybody stopped checking for him so that that's what it was that's it's it's interesting that uh you say that because that's a juxtaposition or it's a reflection of what's happening with Winter and her friends as, as they go on where they keep falling out because she has nothing to bring to the table. Like she's no longer got money or, or stature or anything like that. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, Roy from Let Me Tell You Something Bitch said uh, is, I also don't know if I could take from this book that Sister Soldier has a problem with sex positive women because Winter is not sex positive. First off, she's not a woman, a woman, which is true. She's a little girl and all them nasty ass perverts who keep fucking with her. And that's, that's gross. Uh, secondly, she's literally objectifying midnight. And whenever this man communicates to her anything about him, she zones it out and is like, I want this dark nigga to fuck me. If she was a white girl, that shit would be racist. She's objectifying him. She's low-key fetishizing him. And Roy is like, how is this a representation of sex positivity? There's nothing positive about winter. Just because she's having sex doesn't make her sex positive. This girl lacks substance, doesn't care about anything but herself, and literally spends this whole book fetishizing a man who, on more than one occasion, has made it clear to her what he deems important. At least in Clueless, when Cher tried to go for Josh, she was like, oh, my old tricks ain't going to work. I'm going to have to care about the shit that he cares about and start actively participating in a, as a decent member of society, even though her old tricks never worked because Christian was LGBT. He was gay. Yeah, I, I remember that movie. It's one of my favorites. Um, I wasn't able to watch the review on YouTube. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Roy. I'll try and get that figured out. Um, on YouTube because it was restricted for some reason. Uh, however, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, Soldier might have had an issue with sex positive women. However, Winter would not be a representation of that. And you know what, Roy, I, I feel you. Um, the thing about Winter is she was never taught how to see outside of a person's body. Um, and she liked what she liked about Midnight the way the things that she described as liking about midnight were completely fetishizing him for his dark skin. Um, the way that his dark black skin was against the white shorts that he always wore. Like really, he always wore white soldier. Like you made sure he always wore crisp white clothing that offset his dark black skin and his white teeth and all this kind of stuff. It, it's just, the reason why I say this soldier has a problem with sex positive women is in that last chapter when she's talking directly to Phoenix and Phoenix is talking about how she um, makes $300 a night uh, stripping um, and soldiers like, well, why do you need $300 a night? And Phoenix is like, well, I have a daughter and soldiers like, well, your daughter doesn't need $300 a night to eat. Like the way that she talks to people who she deems as sex workers or sex worker adjacent is numbing to me because she doesn't see them as anything more than just body parts, you, no mind attached to it. Like she seems to believe that these folks who are out here doing something other than reading 
uh, and maybe out there uh, dancing or, or even selling their bodies are beneath her. And that's the problem that that's the part that I had a real issue with. Um, so yeah, no winters, you're right. Winter isn't sex positive. Winter's positive. So you like sex, but winter is also a representation of what soldier has written up for somebody who she thinks, um, to be, she wrote Winter up to be a stereotype, basically. So Winter likes sex, but she likes sex with people who were older than her, or she likes the predators who like Winter are never her own her own age. The predators who like Winter are always way older than her, which I think is reflective of the way that her um, her dad probably was with her mom. Like it's another cycle that's that's still happening, you know, with with her dad. Um, we don't know how old her dad was when he uh, got with Winter's mom, but Winter's mom was fourteen, and her dad was a drug a drug dealer at that point in time too. So, Jolene, you got thoughts? Yeah. I, okay. So I was wondering that guy Will, right? The mm -hmm. the one the one that was like, oh, I, I just want to get my dick sucked or whatever. That dude, was he a lot older than Winter? Uh, let me look. Hold on one second. Oh, God, my hair is a hot. I think mess. he was 20, um, but let me check to make sure. Um, while we're here. Okay. We got people uh, joining. Is three today? uh it's more people are coming in this is going on to the podcast we're actually uh discussing right now um the idea of a, of winter being objectified uh by sister soldier um do you Ooh, have any thoughts on it oh oops, sorry go ahead Just... no okay jolene you were saying well, the reason why I ask how old Willie was, because I took it like they were around about the same age, give or take a couple of years. Like I was, except for the fact that he was so disrespectful, I was unbothered by the age difference. Mm -hmm. Now, the Sterling relationship, that yes. irritated me. That was disgusting. And she felt super played when, you know, the wife was there. He's like, Winter, I have company because you know she's over here messing with a married man and then he hands her money like she's some you know like she is a sex worker i agree she's not the idea of um sex positivity because in my head sex positivity is basically a consenting as an adult who is comfortable being alone being with someone else you know or being okay with their own kinks mm -hmm. you know and is, is not ashamed, not feeling sh ashamed of this. Now, while Winter has no shame, she is still a child. Yeah. Like, she is not old enough to say, this is what I like. Period. This is what I don't like. She learned about sex and relationships from what she sees around her. Her first time doing it and her dad seeing her dad with her mom basically sets a behavior model for her. Mm -hmm. This is the bar she's setting. So 
basically, you know how they say, you know, that first per your parents teach you how to love. Yep. Well, she's not learning love from her parents. She's learning the love of money. Like money makes the world go round. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. no, she's she is not sex positive because she is not old enough to be sex positive and she doesn't have enough experience. This it really bothers me because you know this is a it just seems it's a generational curse that's just carrying on and carrying on. And she has zero character development, so it's just gonna carry on to her children the fact that she's never been to a gynecologist is it's it's just unforgivable on the parents when i looked it doesn't say how old will is but with sterling we knew he was like way older than her and this was they they indicated that sterling was when she was like 13 they started getting together with with sterling that's definitely a predator that's definitely predation and that's not cool with will i think that he was their age or maybe a year or two older which still you know if she's 17 and he's 19 it's it that's the way dating works especially in you know with young folks they're just like yo if he's cute he's cute whatever it may be but sterling was a fucking problem and I think Sterling, she was looking at him like he wasn't a predator, but he was a predator. And she was like, the the funny thing about Sterling was the fact that Winter thought she was the predator in this one. She was like, oh, I got me a sugar daddy. I can take him for everything he's got, whatever it may be. And in all honesty, he's a predator. Like he's an absolute predator. And I just thought that that was funny how they, um, how that was written, where Winter thought she was in control of that situation. And yet when it's all said and done, um, Sterling was really the predator who was controlling what she was able to do. And then there was somebody over Sterling, his wife or his girlfriend, whomever it may be, who was controlling what he was able to do. So at one point she was just like, yo, it's really nice. When she found out, when Winter found out that Sterling had been telling everybody that she was his niece. (laughs) Yes. That was wild. Like, okay, now you know. They don't think... He, they, he knows what he's doing and he knows that you're you're a kid. Like, you think you're getting over somebody, but you're doing kid stuff and you're a little kid. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and you see how she felt so played. She's like, well, how am I going to get there, Sterling? Like, that, that whole situation was so... I just... I was sick to my stomach and honestly as a mother when I see when I see winter and her little moments where she's being vulnerable or preyed on like like I think of my daughter and I'm just like oh my god why I'm sitting here like okay winter's mom you better come get your baby like why aren't you coming to get your baby I just want to shake both her parents and be like look at your daughter what mm-hmm. what are you doing it's just this book even when they think that they're in control it's really about women young women making poor decisions and uh getting preyed upon by the people around them 
Um, she, with Will, it showed that she risked her friendship. She lost her best friend uh, for somebody she didn't even know. Like, like I said, she was looking to try and see Will, and she was trying to catch him in the right light so she could see if he was even cute or not. She wasn't even attracted to him. She was attracted to what he had. Um, and then she found out that Will was uh, bisexual, to be honest with you. And she was just like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not with that. I'm not doing that at all. And whereas I, I've, read a, I've read another book uh, before this, Old Thought Next Door, uh, where uh, Vernita, the, the lead of the book, she had a lot of uh, issues with the LGBT uh, community. Uh, as far as them performing sex acts on her or performing sex acts on one another. But as time went on, she was like, oh, this actually works for me. And I, I chalked that up to her being 71 and just being stuck in her ways. There's, I just can't see. I mean, I guess there is like 17 and 18 year olds who are out there and they're homophobic. There has to be because they grew up under people who are homophobic, but it just disappointed me. Some of that also is like certain churches. You, I don't know if you're familiar, but in where I'm, where I was in my my little corner of the universe, um, I was I was in the they called my hood the hill, and I lived like right on the corner of uh, Columbus and Howard, which is where like all the stuff happened. Like mm-hmm. you, you get you know you get the Dos Primos Bodega up the street, Casey's Market, and then just a couple blocks up, you walk down there, and they've got a storefront church. Now, when I couldn't really, you know, when I couldn't really get anywhere because I was riding the struggle bus, I would take my kids up there, and, you know, it was... I kept going out, you know, I would go to Bible study. I would go there every Sunday to, you know, same. And my mom used to make me go to church every Sunday too. So I would make my kids go. But one of the preachers, guest preachers got up on the pulpit and actually said the word faggot on the pulpit. And they were like, oh, we're at the end of days. Right now we're at, this is Sodom and Gomorrah out here. You got homosexuals with other people and you know that's the problem and she said these hey you want to be accepting and the church got to be accepting no she actually said and i quote faggots are going to drag you straight to hell Mm. i got up while she was in the middle of preaching i stood up gathered up my kids i said let's go and she said Sinners don't want to hear the truth. I, I was like, what up, honey? I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Because the, the fact of the matter is, in my opinion, you know, I don't know if people are religious or whatever, but Jesus wouldn't want you to say that or make exactly. people feel that way. Jesus didn't make people feel that way, even if they didn't agree with him. I mean, they were nailing him to the cross and he was like, forgive them, Father. So I have a hard time believing that Jesus would come to earth and be like, I'll take you, you, and you, but not you because you're homosexual. Exactly. Like, I don't, I don't think that's real. But the pro- that's the problem. People over here in the churches thinking, you know, oh, well, you know, God doesn't like homosexual people when that's just not true. And I mean, 
definitely have an issue with that within the church. And I, I've talked about that on uh, single simulcast <laughs> at length. Um, but I'm pretty certain that Winter ain't go to church and that Winter's family didn't go to church because they ain't never talked about none of that stuff. It seemed like Winter's family was pretty much living with the exception of Ricky. Like they only had one car and they weren't able to go anywhere. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, close this one out is uh, Roy said, I don't think Sister Soldier hates dealers or people who aren't making their money respectfully. I do feel she takes issue with folks who make money at the expense of the black community. Literally, she may believe colonization's greatest weapon against niggas is niggas, and she might have a point. And I really had to sit there and think about that for a second. I mean, I don't mind if Sister Soldier hates dealers. I don't, I don't, that like, I'm not dealing. I don't, I, I mean, if you're going to get money, get money. I do have a problem with the fact that they legalized weed and didn't let the folks who were slanging weed get out of prison. I have a big problem with that. They were giving folks football numbers while they were out here trying to build up their stocks and bonds and, 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 and selling weed. Um, I just feel like Sister Soldier has a line of who she deems to be able to be smart what businesses she thinks that people might be smart in and if they're not in that business like the 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 way that she portrays uh the strippers uh the drug dealers the folks who do nails um the folks who do hair like even earlene who does hair like she she just has her as like not she doesn't talk about Earlene, but just her shop. She has it as a haven of just gossiping people. And then you hold them up against the way that she portrays Doc, who doesn't even have a name, just Doc. She really thinks, you know, because she's a doctor, her and Doc and Sister Soldier in this book hang out together. They will be in the same wavelength. Like, there's no reason, honestly, that Doc would associate with Sister Soldier. There's no reason that I've seen in this book why Doc would be like, hey, Soldier, you and your sister Lauren can come and stay with me. Y'all can come and live with me rent-free. Like, there's no purpose for it. There's no reasoning behind it. Yet, for some reason, they've linked up and they live together. That's because Sister Soldier has herself on this same wavelength or the same level as Doc, who's a brain surgeon and a gynecologist and has gotten majors in both. Like, do you know how difficult that is to be a oh. double? Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm that, uh, sorry, I, I apologize. No, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But as far as Doc goes, how? I remember I was pre-med. I had I I'm like what twenty like twenty credits away from a biology degree, but when the seniors, yeah, it was like yeah when the seniors went to spend the day at Yale, I got real sick from like the blood, like I couldn't do it, but I don't understand like that's a lot of work. That's like four years, four years for the regular degree. You take the MCATs then you go to med school, then you pick a specialty. And then in the specialty, you can, uh, if you're a surgeon, you have to get a fellowship or an internship somewhere. And then after the internship, you might be able to get a job. And that's for one, she's a, she's a gynecologist too. Like she, she really must be like 800 years old or something. Exactly. <laughs> 
And it's just like they don't they don't really explain that. She just is like, yeah, you can become a gynecologist and a surgeon, which are in two completely different fields. Why not? You know, you can do both of them. <laughs> Why not? Do you want to be what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor and I want to be an astronaut. In Sister Soldier's book, you can do both of them because you know they're both smart. Both of those things are for smart people. So you can do that. Go for it. That's how I felt about it. Doc reminds me of one of those characters in the old westerns that's like the dentist and the judge and the sheriff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like you just want to make this person and I'm, uh, there might be. I don't fucking know. I know that cardiologists tend to go to school to be a cardiologist and then they don't say you know what I woke up today and I want to be a surgeon too and not just any surgeon she's a brain surgeon <laughs> I just realized that doc is a brain surgeon and a gynecologist <laughs> okay the folks you hang out with are like brain it's not brain surgery well actually doc knows brain surgery <laughs> get off her back jack but that sort of thing just gets on my nerves. And that's the only smart person she has in this book is somebody she made up who literally is able to do these two. And, and also last few things and then we'll go ahead and close it out. She's a wonderfully intelligent person who is a brain surgeon and a gynecologist. Like you said, that's four years, four years, two years, and then do it all over again four years, four years, two years. So that's 20 years of doctors of, of, of medical school. Once she goes through medical school, she doesn't have to do it all over again. Okay. So it wouldn't be like another four years. It'd probably be like another two year fellowship or something. Okay. <laughs> so 12 years then we're talking. Um, and she's rolling with Sister Soldier, right. who is... 25 but looks younger you know once everybody knows she looks younger than she actually is what how did they meet how did she get that how did she get into this house with her like that just it's curious to me um so sister soldier like has a point to, to prove but oh. i don't know what it is yet sorry go ahead no no i like i think there's a lag because i i we go back. Um, what I was going to say is my take on this as a writer, because um, I, I don't know, like as a writer, is that it's lazy. She's putting people there because they need to be there. Mm. What she could have done is, you know, had Winter go see Sister Soldier and then, you know, had the women's group, Sister Soldier speaks with her and realizes Winter's never been to a doctor. Okay, I know a doctor. Let me take you to a doctor. Winter could have really come in contact with a brain surgeon or all these other people in the women's group. She could have come across these strong, educated women in the women's group. She could have met a doctor just by a sister soldier saying, you've never been to a doctor? All right, come on, let me help you. Let me take you over here. Don't, don't worry about it, you know? The writing is lazy. The character development, Winter's not developing as a character. Winter is, was a dummy from page one. Winter is still a dummy halfway through the book. Yep. She, there's no character development. 
there was, you know, there was uh, the foreshadowing, like you, you can pick up on certain things when, when they moved out and the dad's like, oh, it's like a game of chess, you know, little, the little things that they put in there, it's just plain lazy. And that is my issue. I think it's lazy, homophobic, and it, I do not like the the perpetuation of the stereotype against Black women here. So, you know, all in all, at, as a writer, I can honestly say that I would have picked up this book. I would if if I were to have reviewed this book, it it would have been a really harsh review because not based on my personal beliefs. Okay, you want to be homophobic and anti-Black, whatever. I would have criticized it for the writing. That there's typos in the book. The, the speculum, she's like, oh, this is a spectrum. This is spectrum. A brain surgeon and a gynecologist doesn't know what a, how to say speculum. I highly doubt that it looks like a typo. I would have gone through this book and been like, so the editing is not there. The character development is not there. The characters are who they are from start to half the halfway point. It, it's really lazy. Oh, Jolene, tell them something about yourself. Tell them something about your show. Oh, um, okay. So I am... I am the CEO of of uh, Mama's Always Right Media, and I use my platform. I have a blog called There's Something About Mom, um, and I use my platform to raise awareness for autism, mental illness. I I am a I figured you know uh, I'm a professional, an executive, and a woman of color. We have to carry ourselves a certain way in the workplace so in my podcast it goes down in the pm i challenged that so i'm in my safe space as i i always say and i say what i want i don't have to be polite i don't have to move a certain way so if you listen to the show you'll see these are my unfiltered unadulterated thoughts about things um i'm a super geek like i i love batman and wonder woman and I love movies and the podcasting community, obviously. Um, on my network, on the Mama's Always Right Media Network, um, my husband and I also have podcasts um, called uh, Coffee After Dark. And there we, we talk about family. It's basically how, how we deal with being a blended family and an interracial family. And you know how we just kind of move through life and raise these kids, and it's it's a really fun, fun vignette, um, I think. And we've got another podcast coming onto our network called Two Dope Girls, and it's uh, my my neighbor Yolanda actually. Um, when I had that episode, I said what I said. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, Yolanda is the best neighbor." So I told Yolanda and I was like, what do you think about having a podcast? And and she was with it. So that's in development. So we, my company, we advertise uh, our mom's always right media writing agency. We, we write, we web design, we advertise, we manage your social media. If it's written, we do it. 
We did, we do grants, business plans, et cetera, et cetera. I like doing business with other small businesses, um, to be honest, because, you know, I don't, I don't really mess with huge corporations because it's a, it's the mom and pops. It's all about the mom and pops. So, and I write, I write, I've been publishing Coda Magazine, Vivid Magazine, um, The Looking Glass, and um, uh, one of the, one of my pieces got into the VA, uh, VA pamphlet about PTSD. So. Awesome. Sorry, that took a lot longer than I expected. <laughs> oh, no worries whatsoever. Um, so again, y'all, be sure to check out It Goes Down in the PM. Uh, it's available on Spotify, Apple. You know, I've seen it in a lot of places. So. And yeah, it's it's a it's available everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Podchaser, basically anywhere anywhere you find podcasts, you find it goes down in the PM. I want to thank you so much for joining me and I want to thank y'all so much for taking time out to listen. Um, again, if you have thoughts, they'll be, we'll do this again next Sunday. Uh, you can call 916-633-1537. Uh, you can leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast at. Uh, if you leave it anywhere other than at Apple, uh, just let me know so then I can go find it. But if you leave it at Apple, uh, it'll help our visibility there. Um and you can email us at wretchedandratchet at gmail.com. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Again, I greatly appreciate it. Y'all have a great day uh, and be good. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this feat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know my dad and you said it.